Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Morning with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram. Lots of cool pictures of the guests, giveaways. That's Saturdays with Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I also want to thank you for tuning in when I was, like, on a hiatus. I saw you guys still downloading. That's great. And thank you, thank you, and thank you. Well, this morning, we have a busy man. This man, I don't know when he's sleeping or drinking water or, I mean, I, he's just, like, writing, 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 video, 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 writing, 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 video, video. This guy is amazing. He, he's trying to put out, like, four novels a year. He has comics. He writes for young adults. Um, now he's going into his second uh, book for adults. Um, he is a camp counselor in the summer, well, before COVID, I'm sure. We're not doing that right now. Um, but um, his name is Antoine Bondelay. Am I pronouncing your last name correct? Yeah, yeah, you have it. It's, it's funny because each of my names are from a different place. So, like, Antoine is French, which is usually say, like, Antoine. And then William, that's just <laughs> English. That's my middle name. And then my last name is Bondelay, which is Yoruba, which, for people who don't know, that's Nigerian, West African. Um, which means uh, follow me home in their language, uh, which is Bamidele. So, like, I have a whole a world name. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm very familiar with Yoruba. So when I was reading your book, that's what came to my mind, and I was thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want to say, but, but yes, that's great. And a lot of people aren't familiar, you know, with a lot of languages that are spoken all throughout Africa, um, and Africa even in certain parts of Africa, extremely diverse. Yeah, it's very diverse, and also even like Spanish, you know, and like the connection of uh, Angola and Cuba and all these things. You know, people aren't aware um, about the connections. But we're here to talk about you and your busy schedule. <laughs> and are you trying to kill yourself? I mean, <laughs> so, that and that it's funny you say that too because I actually just did a um, a post on my YouTube channel. And just social media in general of like my schedule because I'll have a lot of subscribers or just people going like, oh, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And I'm like, well, I have lots and lots of things to do. 
But the thing about that, about doing lots of things, is that you just have to compartmentalize all of that stuff and do them in parts and sections um, rather than thinking about the whole. That's definitely the best way to tackle something huge like that. So now this thing about being a writer, why are you a writer? Why not a doctor or, you know, a salesman or, I mean, there's so many things in life you could be. But what made you think that you could be a writer? Well, it's been something that's always come into my life and shown itself, but I never actually listened to those things that would pop up in my life. So back when I was six, seven, I was writing stories, or my mom was encouraging me and my brother to be creative and watching story or uh, reading stories and then also creating them. So we would, you know, draw them and then put pictures next to them, like in a comic book style or like a picture book, children's book kind of style. And then she would staple it, and then sometimes we would get it laminated at, like, smart and final and feel, like, really, like, legit about it. Um, and so I didn't really – I mean, I did that all throughout my childhood, but didn't really realize that that's, like, something I could, like, do as an adult. Uh, then in high school, I accidentally got put into a film class, like a film department class. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of lost my way because, you know, I live in Los Angeles. Like, that's, like, that is the industry uh, here um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. Uh, I'll do this. Like, it's easier because you just film it. And then, you know, you don't have to, like, you know, create and and, and think about um, some of the things, the things that I was doing, like like visual art I was doing and stuff like that. I was like, oh, instead of drawing mm-hmm. pictures, I can just, like, film people. And then that, that, that takes away that stuff. Uh, and then I went to a film program right out of high school where I won their screenwriting award. So, again, that another thing of writing coming back to say, hey, this is probably what you should be doing, and me kind of going like, um, I want to do this director thing, or I want to be an editor kind of a thing. Um, and it was not until <laughs> me getting out of my 20s and entering my 30s um, that I started doing uh, the novel stuff, and that stemmed from me watching, uh, I think it was one of, one of the later seasons of Game of Thrones, and I was like, I wonder if there's like a Game of Thrones for Africa, and then start looking into some of like you know the more notable um African and African American um, authors, Caribbean, uh, African, Afro, and seeing all these authors that are out there, but there wasn't a story that I quite aligned with. Um, you know, you have your N.K. Jemisons, your Marlon James, and your Nnedi Okafors, uh, which they all write brilliant stuff. But it just wasn't the kind of fantasy because uh, most of their stuff was like fantasy realism, and I was always into like the more fa- like I, not traditional fantasy, but like more magical in line with, like, you know, your Harry Potters or Percy Jackson's or uh, more young adult uh, kind of stuff. Um, right. And I was like, well, instead of just, like, sitting on my butt and kind of waiting for it, uh, I should write it myself. Um, it's funny. It's funny when I started writing it, it myself, I started becoming more aware of other um, other books that have come out, like Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi was probably one of those books that I was waiting for. Um, and she made that, like, the same year, I think, I came out with my first novel, The Kishi. So, yeah, I so feel like other people are also thinking on the same. It's weird. When you start walking down a path in your life, like people will say, well, you're walking in your truth or you're walking like what you're supposed to be doing. It's, like, amazing how you, you start noticing these other things that are like, oh, my God, I never saw that before. Well, wait, how did they see? Because until you walk the path, you won't see it. You know what I mean? Like, until you start right. going about doing what is really what you're supposed to be doing, you actually don't see things. Um, 
And there's actually, I remember I took this poli-sci class, and um, we were talking about what people read, like, you know, you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. You're thinking, what does this have to do with comics and writing? But this is what it had to do with. People read things that support their their, um, ideology. They rarely read stuff that goes against their ideology. Um, Even people say, oh, I'm so open. They really read stuff. But what happens is then with a case like this, when you start changing your path a little and going kind of like maybe like I'm going to stretch myself, then you're like, oh, my God, look at there, look at there, look at there, you know? So that's – now, how long does it take you – because now you were writing for young adults. You have a TJ Young and the Orishas. Um, Tell the audience about that. What are Orishas for people who don't know? Um, So it is – for the it's one of the the one of the West African traditions that kind of survived um, the transatlantic slave uh, route. Um, in that it was, if you see it now in, in um, the Caribbean and South America, uh, it's very integrated with Catholicism. So you'll see like Orishas next to saints. They're essentially. I try to equate them usually for people who are uh, trying to understand it. Like if you think about Greek mythology and how there's like, you know, a pantheon of, of, of gods um, and they all maintain one aspect. So Orishas are like that, but they're not, it, it doesn't completely translate to gods. They're more akin to angels in a way. Um, and there's like, you know, different tiers of, of them. So like there's like the high, the lower ones. Uh, so for instance, like the, the, the TJ book, the first one is based around the gatekeeper, uh, which is known as Eshu or Elegua, depending on, you know, what region you're from. And he is a trickster god, uh, uh, the, the god of um, crossroads and, and that sort of a thing. Uh, and they all have their own different things, like Oya is a, is a goddess of storms and winds, and Shango is a, a masculine uh, type of uh, a, a god. Those, like, mm-hmm. the, I'm talking about the more famous ones. Uh, Yamaya is uh, the, the, the maiden of the ocean and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and water and stuff like that. And there's, there's several um, water ones. There's like a Oshun, Yamaya, Olokun. Like, there's a bunch. Like there's, there, It goes really deep. There's actually... Um, uh, if you speak to or read some of the books made by Babalawos, which are um, priests, um, they say that there can be like 400 plus Orisha, you know, because it's really just about, you know, what in life is there and, you know, someone's maintaining that, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, it's a deep history to it. So you're trying to bring it to a modern twist and, and trying to connect yeah, the so young people I'm, to learn about that. Exactly. So if you're familiar with Percy Jackson, that would probably be the main target of the book. Um, Percy Jackson, of course, is about uh, the boy, Percy Jackson, who is interacting with Greek gods, but in a modern setting. Uh, it's very similar in that. Uh, not like TJ is not a, an actual, you know, son of an Orisha or anything like that, but he um, does interact with them and um, goes on his little young adult adventures via the Orisha pantheon. Now, do you like this young adult writing? Because now I see you going into more adult, and that's where I kind of became aware of you about the um, yeah, that's the origin. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what do you like better? Do you like because you have another adult thing coming out, which uh, we'll talk about later? But which one do you like more, writing for the young people, or in, in like comics and short things, or these longer adult novels? Which they both they both have their pros and cons, but and sometimes I always wonder this when I ask myself this question as well, is do I, and the, the answer to that right now would be I do like the young adult material, but I don't know if I like it because if it's, it's young adult 
or because it's contemporary. Because with my adult stuff, it's more of pre-colonial African mythology type stuff. Like everything I'm doing in that series has to do with um, African myth and lore that is more or less pre-colonial or at least uh, kind of like that in between uh, uh, while, you know, uh, the transport was happening. Um, but then, yeah, when writing uh, the TJ series or any of my young adult stuff, I find the words come easier because I can, like, reference stuff from modern day. Uh, I can relate to the character a little bit more because it's a modern character. I don't know. I can't relate as closely as someone who's lived, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago versus someone who is growing up next to me right now that I can just go out to the park and see, oh, yeah, that kid's Steve there, that kid's Manuela, or that kid's Ayodeji, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you can see that visually a lot easier, you know, in that regard. So now where do you write? Do you write at home? Do you do, do you go outside and write? Do you go to the library? Uh, what's, so, what's your I setting mean, for writing well, stuff? <laughs> So, yeah, so before the coronavirus, I used to uh, walk about an hour to a cafe um, that L.A. Local, locals will know very well called Simply Wholesome. And I would go there at the cafe and, and write. And that's a, it's a black-owned uh, restaurant slash market. Uh, and I would go there and write. But, you know, obviously with the, with the, with the virus, I can't, can't really do that. But, yeah, you, most times I'm here at home uh, writing. Or, you know, if I need to change a pace, then I might um, – go out to my porch or something like that. But usually, yes, indoors. Oh, and for your second question about the research, yes, I do lots and lots of research. Like for the first year when I decided to do this, I spent just devouring history books. So I did a, a world history book on Africa. Then I started getting more nuanced by like looking into Nubia, looking into um, uh, old Angola. So you have like um, the uh, 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 Jinga of Angola, who is uh, one of the queens who was very resistant to Portuguese ruling. Uh, then you have um, uh, mythology I was looking into, so Yoruba, the Orisha, all of that, you know, came trickling. But it all stemmed from world history first, like looking at it in a broad sense, and then getting more detailed and, and picking up things from here, here and there. So let's talk about this COVID. <laughs> like you just said, before before COVID yeah. and after COVID, it's like, is there is there going to be an after? So where were you when you found out you had to get locked down? Uh, well, <laughs> that's the funny thing. So I actually feel like I'm super unaffected because most of my um, work is from home. Uh, I'm, I, outside of writing, I'm a video editor for a lot of YouTube channels, and we work remote anyway. So I was like, oh, there's not really much change for me in terms of my, like, workload or um, – the only thing that might have changed is the things I do outdoors. Like, you know, I do uh, recreational sports. I do softball um, on the weekends and during the week. Like, you know, that that's limited now. Um, seeing, you know, family members or friends like that's limited, of course. But in terms of, like, my work itself, it feels like the same. And I'm also kind of an introvert, so it doesn't uh, – I haven't really had busy friends. Okay, so this is like, oh, whatever, you know. But now – No, it's um, funny. We were saying that introverts at the beginning. We were like, sorry, extroverts, you're going to have to learn how to BS for a little while. <laughs> it's funny. I think I'm kind of half and half. Like, because people don't realize, like, I am outgoing, but then I'm shy. And um, I have, like, this nerdy thing, and then I have this, like, other outgoing thing, you know. So um, people can be both, you know. And for me, um, I didn't work at home. You know, I, my, my day job, if you want to say, I was working out and you know, I was like, oh, damn, I can't go to the movies. Like, I'm a movieholic. 
I, you know, can't go out mm-hmm. to restaurants, you, you know, my friends, you can't go out to events, you know, like that was a thing, you know, so you, you don't have to be in the house, you know, so um, in some ways it was cool, but then in other ways it wasn't, um, and now we have all the protests um, dealing with, you know, racism, systemic racism in America, dealing with police brutality, that. How has that affected you mentally? Um, does it affect you physically? Are there places that you can't go now because the protests are happening? Have you been in protests? I will be because, well, I was actually, funny, these are both tied because I was actually on a, a quarantine up until this Monday um, because I had um, gone to uh, meet with my mother who lives in, a, in Palmdale, which is like a, a town north of Los Angeles. Um, and I had developed a cough. So just, I mean, I wasn't sure if I had anything. I don't think I actually even did. Um, but just, you know, just be safe and precautious. And because I could, I, you know, took a two-week um, self-quarantine as all that stuff was happening. Uh, but then there's a demonstration that's happening on this Saturday, not this, this today, but next Saturday at Lamert Park, which, again, is another if Los Angeles people who are listening. You guys know what, what Lamert Park is and what that's about. Um, there's a demonstration going on that I'm, that I'm going to. But um, yeah, it's it's funny all this stuff that's happening because there's a there's a story I like to tell uh, about this and, and the idea that racism has gone away or this sort of divide between um, communities and, and police forces, or just the idea of a of a black man and being lynched in modern society. Uh, when I was young, like maybe six or seven, my dad had showed me a picture uh, of a man hung from a tree, and on his feet were. I forget the shoes, but they were either Maddie Johnson's shoes or Michael Jordan's shoes. And just the, the imagery of that, that picture. Your of, dad showed you this picture when you were little? Oh, of course. Of course. Like, he wanted me to know what what the world really is and what it still is. Because, you know, wow. at, at that time, people were kind of, we were kind of almost in that kind of idea of, oh, we're post-racism. You know, it wasn't quite Obama yet. I wasn't, um, you know, that didn't happen until some years later. But, yeah. But just the idea that, you know, it's over, you know, the, that stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. Like, you know, get over it. It's in the past. Um, so that, that picture always stuck out to me because, uh, you know, it's a great photo. It's a, it's a semi-famous one, too. I mean, obviously, stuff like that gets tried to the, the American media system tries to push that down. But it's a, a powerful image of a man, a very modern man wearing the Mike, mm-hmm. you know, some, some Nike, Michael Jordans, whatever they were, Air Jordans. Right. Um, and being hung yeah. from a tree. Like, I think that was, like, the perfect representation of, nah, this stuff is still happening, like, right now. So did he talk to you as a young man, saying, like, when you go out and if you get stopped by the police, did he have that conversation with you? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I remember I had a huge one, um, especially when the Trayvon Martin stuff uh, happened. I went out to Georgia to visit my aunt, um, and she was just very, like, whenever I went out, I think she uh, needed to go to the store or something like that. And, and she told me specifically, like, she'd, like, that she had a flash of like Trayvon Martin and stuff like that. And she, and the thing about that is that she lives in, um, she's a pediatrician. Her, her husband is a surgeon. So they're really well off. They lived in like this really nice neighborhood. Um, so, so she had that thought, you know, like me as a, a young black male, I, well, probably I was 19 at the time, something like that, 1920. Um, and she was very aware of me just walking down the street, you know, and like with the wrong person sees me and goes like, Oh, are you supposed to be here? And then me say, like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. my aunt lives around the corner. And, like, oh, I don't believe that. You know, it's one of those situations. And, you know, I'm sure she was very traumatized uh, by that. Um, yeah, I was very aware. Like, any, all my family were, were uh, in my ear about that. So what do you think 
is is um how has that affected your work? You know what I mean in terms of getting further along and being a, a writer, being able to be published, you self-publish a lot. I mean, how how has that affected your work? Has racism creeped in there, or do you see no problem? So one of my uh... I guess mantras, I guess I would say for, for my writing is because one of the reasons, like I was mentioning before, uh, not having a story that really was something that I enjoyed is because most of uh, black fiction that I was kind of getting into was always about struggle, struggle, struggle. And this actually I talked about with a, with another podcast um, called Melanin, Melanin Chat, I believe they are. Um, and they thought about that too, that a lot of black fiction, fiction at least in traditional uh, publishing, doesn't really accept it unless there's a, a trauma or a struggle there. And I always wanted to mm. think that it's not always about struggle. It's not always post-colonial slavery. Like, you know, some people will say like, oh, you know, history or black people aren't really recognized until slavery, but we were doing a bunch of stuff before that point. We was already, yeah. we was already, you know, doing our thing. Um, the, the, the idea that, you know, we were already queens and queens in our own place. We were doing, you know, we were doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to depict that versus the I feel like the trauma has been depicted so very well American media loves to say that you know they love to give awards to you know the slave movies and and all that kind of stuff and I wanted to put a a different narrative of just you know black people doing fantasy stuff and being cool being swashbucklers just going around you know in action adventures (laughs) you know being awesome you know what I mean like like I wanted that's my uh um two cents to put into the the publishing world um that kind of narrative yeah no i agree and because like for example like octavia butler was one of my uh you know wonderful favorite artists um yes and but i also read ursula Gwynn. i don't know if you read that i've I've read neil gaiman i'm like i said i'm a nerd you know sandman comics i don't know if you're familiar with them Mm -hmm. there's different things like you read and like when i read her book or Kanana do it's like it's a different feeling when I'm reading your book, the names, you know what I mean? It's like I know yeah. that's a black person. I see their skin color, I the hair texture. There's a it's a difference. It's just like this when I'm reading a novel that I know are white characters, I feel like they're kind of outside of me a little bit. Like they're like they're over here and I can still enjoy the story. You know what I mean? It's like well written. I can still enjoy the story, but it's kind of just like just a little like over there, to the left or right or whatever. But when I'm reading your story or someone that I know they're black people, they're African people, and they're just like you said, they're doing normal things. Because me as a black woman, I don't watch, wake up every morning like I'm black. I, I don't look, look at the mirror right. like I'm black. I just walk out the door. I get dressed. I go and do whatever I got to do. I go to the supermarket. The only time that I think that it comes up that I'm black is like somebody presents something negative, like a negative conflict in the universe. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, damn, here we go again. You know what I mean? So it's nice to read a story where we're lovers, we're fighters, um, you know, we're, we're wizards, you know, we're chiefs, we're, you know, the little army, we're the funny people. Like we're all these different people. We're, we're humans. And that's you know what I mean? Too. We're all these different the, things. The, 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 the... Yeah, the anti-modernist thing is that, and that's the thing too. I love about my books too that I don't make it just about. There's no one person just in any hu- human society. There's, there's, there's always going to be differences between the people. It's not just like, oh, like that's black, so that it's just this one thing. You know, like it's, it's multiple things. It's, it's multifaceted. 
Yeah, now, I read the, the, the Kishi story, and, you know, as a woman, when he first opened with the lady getting um, chomped, <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay. My little feminist, like, tingling thing was going on. I was like, can I read the rest of this? You know? <laughs> but I read the rest of it, and I enjoyed it because you fleshed out the characters, you know what I mean? You you gave their backstories. Now, the main, you know, protagonist is a man. Now, the second story you have coming out um, by C and Sky, and I, I'm saying mm-hmm. that's yes, right? And yeah. it has um, a, a woman. So I was like, oh, all right, all right, props, props. Okay, I think, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it kind of was like a balance of it. But now, answer, answer me this. You're a man. How do you write for a woman who's the main character? Where, where where does your I mean how do you do that? Do you talk to your hire, friend? I mean like hire you hire a, a, a female narrator I'm not a narrator I'm an editor and you um, get a bunch of beta readers who are female um, because okay. yeah, that's a big thing. I remember when I was growing up, um, my friends' moms will always say that about like oh yeah whenever I read a book by a male author I can tell it's written by a male or whatever because. Uh, usually it's because of the prose in the description um, because there's a lot of – there's a thing called male gaze you know, that oftentimes you'll see from the POV of a man that a woman doesn't have the same POV on with, you know, certain things. Um, yeah. But it's also just making sure that, you know, we're, we're all human. We all have, like, a similar desires, you know, just make that person a person with the nuance of, you know, of, of being a woman. Um, and it's also kind of easier too because it's it's not um, based on a modern society and it's uh, there's magic involved. So there's like the great equalizer is like magic itself. Um, I, I mean, the character herself she doesn't have magic, but she lives in a world of magic. So that that helped a little bit too. Because when I was growing up and I was reading these stories that I was different authors, you know, that I was reading even like Tolkien and things like that. There was like the main the guys were the main character. I mean, the women were there, but the guys were the main. It was a guy's thing. And, but then the way I was raised, you know, I related to, like, the guy. Like, I wanted to be, like, you know, the ninja. You know, I wanted to be, you know, these people that could go on these great adventures and, and do all these things. So when I was younger, I wanted to be a spy. Like, I wanted to work for, like, the CIA and all this stuff. But that's a whole other story. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's good to find um, fantasy novels with a female as the lead character and everything going on around her. I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you taking that time to create that. Um, it's important for young women to see themselves in these different environments um, because sometimes it can be an escape from what's going on in their daily lives or it can be a catalyst to make them do something else in their modern-day life. You, you understand? Um and I think that also may help you. Do you get feedback about the young um, novels with TJ? Do, do, does that help the young kids and things like that? How, have you got well, so, feedback I mean, from that? Out until, yeah, TJ isn't out until next year, so I haven't really gotten a, like a public feedback. I've only give, uh, given out that story to like some of my critique partners and editors pre- so far. Yeah. Um, okay. But I would hope yeah, that one's gonna be fun. I can't wait to see how that how that one pans out because that one I feel like is so much more relatable because it's contemporary. Um, but going back to the to the stuff about um having this black female, uh, specifically a black female, um, not only like, in the story, but, you know, smack in the front of the, in the cover, a huge thing that I went through, and it's something that, you know, we still have to combat, is that while I was making that cover and uh, sharing it out to, like, author groups and, like, getting feedback and stuff like that, you know, I got a lot of, like, is that a man? 
it would be so much better if she had long flowing hair that goes through the wind and, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm like, this is the reason mm. I'm making these stories. This is the reason I'm doing it as I'm doing it. Um, you know, specifically because I very intentionally made sure she had a natural, I, I, a natural haircut and then also had an issue with my um, artist for a bit because he kept, like, giving me uh, um, artwork that wasn't, quite aligned with African features uh, or hair mm. that was quite the right texture. Like, at first, he like, yeah. kind of gave her, like, short hair, but then, like, it was, it was like, a perm kind of going on. I was like, no, 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 give her her curls, give her her naps. Like, that is her, like, that is her, na- her natural state. That's her hair. Like, show that beauty. Um, and, yeah, like, going, even going through that process and seeing, like, that kind of feedback, I was like, oh, man, yeah, this is the reason why these stories need to be out there. Y'all got to understand that there's there's all kinds of women out there and there's all different kinds of beauty that do not align with Western society. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's so hard for people. They don't see it. They can't see it. And, like, that's a good example of this artwork. Like, you're telling the guy, you know, to to make this type of woman, and somehow they can't even, like, it's like Mm -hmm. some kind of invisible resistance to doing that because that's not what they perceive as beautiful, you know? Well, I want to thank you for coming on today. We are running out of time. I am going to give away some of your books and also let the audience know that this, um, the book um, by Sea and Sky is, is part of a series, and um, this man is trying to put out, like, what, many novels in between and, and two other novels yeah. this year? Is that correct? Uh, there's, 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 a, there's a lot. There's a lot of in between and, yeah, stuff like novellas that are attached to the novels, and, yeah, there's a lot. All right, well, check them out. But you can find um, out all of website. that. Was that a segue? I am so sorry. If that was a segue, I could actually segue because I could say that you can find out all this information on my website, which is my first and last name, uh, AntoineBandelay.com. Um, and this, that, that will show you the whole timeline and everything that is available. And where are you? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? I'm also on social media, I think, except for maybe like Tumblr and some, but like all the major ones, so Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> uh, YouTube, Facebook. Excellent. And it's under your name? Just they do Yeah, all, everything's tied to my name. If you just put my name in Google, you'll find all that relevant information. All right. Well, thank you so much, Antoine, for Antoine. <laughs> the French. Yeah, yeah. Depends on where today. you are. Because if, if a French person comes to me, they say Antoine. But then, like in America, we have a harsher A, so it's Antoine. So Antoine here. Antoine. Antoine. Okay, Antoine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like that. Just like that. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a wonderful day. And uh, many blessings to you and your family. And stay safe and healthy, okay? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me on. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, Bye. for tuning in today. I appreciate you guys supporting the show. Again, I'm going to be giving away some of his books, so you want to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Also, check me out on Facebook, uh, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, or you can check me out on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, just be looking for the hints and how you can win and email, the, email me the answers, and then I'll be able to mail you out some prizes. All right, I will talk to you later. Middle of next week, I'll be talking with Curtis uh, from The Shy. He's the evil drug dealer guy who, you know, is trying to take over the city. So uh, check him out. It's a special edition on Wednesday, the 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern. All right, I'll talk to you later. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. 
Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.